morning. It's good to see you. And um, I hope the Lord will bless you as we look into his word today. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your spirit that is here to help us. We thank you for your word that is life and that is food, that is strength, that is all that we need. We pray you will guide and guide and direct every aspect of the preaching this morning. I ask that you will direct my thoughts and words that first of all, they will be honoring to you and that it will bring blessing to everyone that is here this morning. I pray that believers will find hope and encouragement and sinners will turn to the Savior for the salvation of their soul. I pray that your son will be exalted as we speak today. I just ask that you will guide us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Um, it's good to see you. Uh, I have in my hands here something I printed from my workplace. It says, February Heart Health Month. So they sent this um, intracom all month. Every time you launch into the computer, this shows up for this month. And it says, um, click here to take control of your health and adopt heart healthy practices. So I clicked and I was told, eat better. And they showed an apple. They said, get moving. And they showed somebody on a treadmill. And they said, maintain a healthy weight. I don't know what they showed on that. They showed a scale, doing, doing like that. And then they said, stop smoking and manage your stress. So, heart health, heart health month. They said more than that, but I think that's sufficient for heart health. So, I was thinking about speaking on greatness, which I will do, but it seems heart health is far more important. And so I'm going to speak on what I call truth for the journey. Um, I won't finish this message. Not sure I will finish it the second time. So it might, it might stretch to two, three, but I think it will be two. My goal is to encourage believers and um, to challenge the non-believers to become believers. That's the goal. So um, we are looking at a passage John 14. So what we'll do first will be to read through the passage as is, and you will notice that I have highlighted some of the passage in red to reflect the fact that 
they were words spoken by the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where my Bible puts it. And so I want you to pay attention to what he has to say because I think it's relevant to us as we look to the word. So let's read through the passage together. You can open your own Bible if you can't see that. So you're free to do that. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am there you may be also, and where I go you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you have known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him, and I've seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to, the father, to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you a little while longer, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. At that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. 
and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while present with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I say to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I'm going away and coming back to you. If you love me, you will rejoice because I said I am going to the Father. For my Father is greater than I, and now I have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandments, so I do. Arise, let us go. From here. It's always good to read the Bible because God's word is life and is food. So, Jesus spoke to the disciples and he said to them in verse 1 of that passage, Let not your heart be troubled. So, heart health, remember? And then in verse 20, 14, of verse 27, he says, Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So, twice in that passage, he says that to the disciples. Now, this happened as he was almost on his way to the cross. So, like I said, February is Heart Health Month, and heart disease is a leading cause of death. You know that. So it's good to adopt heart-healthy practices. And John chapter 14, I believe, is a chapter for people with heart trouble. I mean, I don't mean actual physical heart trouble, but... um, Everybody is susceptible to anxiety, to stress, to worry, to all of that. And Jesus spoke this to his disciples. Let not your hearts be troubled. So it's a passage for all of us because we are all susceptible to this condition. So, the natural question to ask is why were the disciples troubled. Because if he spoke to them and said, let not your heart be troubled, he must have sense that their heart is troubled. So why were they troubled? Many reasons. 
but we will look at three. This was the night that Jesus was talking to his disciples just before his arrest. So if you go back to John chapter 13, verse 21, after he had said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and said, Very truly I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. So he informed them just before he gave that, let not your heart be troubled, one of you is going to betray me. I think that's sufficient to say what is going on. Who is going to betray our master and who is going to betray our Lord? So, a prediction of betrayal was sufficient to cause them to be anxious. Not only did he speak about betrayal, he also predicted his death. So let's read. My children... I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I'm going, you cannot come. Now, you have to understand that these were 11 men that left their previous jobs and decided to follow Jesus. And they were following Jesus with the hope that he is the Messiah that will set up a kingdom. And that once he set up the kingdom, in fact, the sense he will set up a kingdom. That's why John and James' mother came to him and said, Master, we know that you are going to reign, and we want you to do something for us. I want John to be on your right hand, and James to be on your left hand when you reign, so that they will be your right hand people, and others will be servants. And Jesus spoke to them. He said, greatness doesn't come by sitting on the right hand or by sitting on the left hand, but by serving. In fact, he said that. So there you go, I've introduced greatness. Okay, so they were hoping that things would go well. Matthew abandoned his stock collection business, and all of them left what they were doing to follow the Lord, not with the, not with the aim that he was going to die and leave them alone. So when he announced his death, that was troubling. Anytime there is something relating to death, the normal human response is to be troubled and to be worried. So why were they troubled? That same night, in chapter 13, he predicted disloyalty. Let's read. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I'm going, you cannot follow me, but you will follow me later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. All of this 
announcements and all of these predictions, by the way, they all came to pass as he predicted. And all of them were announced just a few minutes before let not your heart be troubled. His departure or his death, it's um, the betrayal that will soon happen and the disloyalty. So everybody's heart was troubled, was worried, was anxious. They looked at the future. They were uncertain what was going to happen in the future. And it was in the midst of this that Jesus looked at the disciples in the eyes and said, let not your heart be troubled. And I believe the message is relevant to us as well. So I'm going to give you, I have seven truths to speak on. I'm hoping to speak on four today, but it might be three. And those are the truths. Trust in God and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the message for you. In order not to have had trouble, you need to trust. The second point is that Jesus Christ will take you to heaven. That's important. The third one is that, that Jesus Christ will answer your prayer. That's also very important. And there is the presence of another helper in your life, if you are a believer. Again, you are never alone. You can see the other ones. I grade them somewhat because I don't intend to talk about them. And it's also possible that I might not get to this one. But I hope I do. So the other point is that you are inseparably linked to the Lord Jesus Christ, if you are a believer. And there is benefit in knowing and obeying God's word. And the Lord Jesus gives peace that is priceless. So, let's move on. So, as I said, John 14 is Jesus' solution to heart trouble. And it was offered to the 11 disciples. And on the night before his arrest and resurrection, and you can profit from reading this passage. I believe you can. What I'd like you to notice is that in this passage, God the Father is mentioned at least 18 times. So an ongoing relationship with God is vital to dealing with heart issues. The Holy Spirit is also introduced for the first time as a helper. So an ongoing fellowship with the Holy Spirit is vital. And Christian disciplines that ensure that the communion goes along, prayer and the word are also mentioned. So that's, all of these things are mentioned in that passage. So trust in God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So John 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And the New Living Translation says, you trust in God, trust also in me. 
It's very fitting that the last song we sang this morning says faith is a victory. I had no say in the choice of these songs. Those that picked it just put it there, and I don't know why they sang it last. I had no say in the arrangement or in the choice. You cannot have victory unless you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is extremely important. But notice that Jesus said, you believe in God, and he said, believe also in me. Why will he say that? Because he's going to offer some profound promises. And the only way you can claim the promises is if you believe the promise giver. So believe also in me. And I'd like you to notice as well that the people that he's talking to are believers. He's not talking to non-believers, but believers. And he's asking believers to believe. Because I understand in my short time as a Christian that there are believers that believe the Lord will take them to heaven. But that's where it ends. But for daily living, they said, well, I have to struggle it out on my own. So he said, believe also in me. So the idea is that of not just believing now and leaving the belief behind, but keep on believing. Keep on trusting. Keep on looking to me. So if we are going to succeed in life, our focus must remain on only one person, the Lord Jesus Christ. We look to him. We lean on him. We hope in him. We trust in him. Not just to take us to heaven, but to keep us in the journey of life. So that's important. I should have carried this stuff along with me so I can move. So, this is a verse that I think every Christian should know. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. So the idea of leaning on God. Now, I don't know what, what uh, I was preaching on several years ago. You know, preachers preach and then they forget what they said. But it had to do with trusting God and leaning on God. And on this particular occasion, I was preaching and then in between I was singing along. Very unusual, but it happens. It might happen today. I have some songs there. We might not sing it, but I'm hoping we could. And so, one of the songs that we sang is number 380 in the hymn book, verse 3. It reads this way. What have I to fear? What have I to dread? Leaning on the everlasting arms. I have blessed peace 
with my Lord so near, leaning on the everlasting arms. Leaning on Jesus, leaning on Jesus, safe and secure. Now I finished preaching and, uh, you know, got down and then I was shaking hands, shaking hands. Then one of the sisters came to me. She said, oh, that's all I had to go with because I've been diagnosed with cancer and I have to go to the hospital, you know, for surgery and all of that. And all I could say to myself is, what have I to fear? What have I to dread? Leaning on the everlasting arms. Some of you know her, Brenda Dot. And that's all she hung on to, that the Lord will keep her in the midst of her struggle, in the midst of her trial. That's why Jesus said, believe in God, believe also in me. It's important that we keep our focus on the Lord. That's one truth for the journey. It doesn't run old. It's not out of date. It is the truth that all of us as believers must hang on to. So that's the first point I like to make. The second point. Hopefully that's what the slide is. Truth number two. The Lord Jesus will take you to heaven. Somebody says, what does heaven have to do with it? Let's, let's read. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am there you may be also and where I go you know and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. And how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you have known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. I'm sure sometimes, if you are like me, you get frustrated that you doubt or sometimes you encounter doubters. And whenever we say, Thomas, what do you say? What do we identify him with? Doubter. He's a great man. Because his doubt allowed the Lord to reveal the great truth. A truth that we would not have known without his questions. We don't know where you are going. And how can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, in response to Thomas' question. I am the truth, and I am the life. Now, I want you to notice that verses 2 and 3 of this passage the Lord Jesus makes promises. I go to prepare a place for you. 
And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. That's a wonderful promise while living on earth. It's always good that you are looking up in spite of the circumstances around you. It's always good to meditate on the fact that your ending is good. That you have a glorious eternity regardless of what you are going through. It's always good to keep your gaze on the final destination. Now, how often do you think about the place that Jesus is preparing for you? I know if you are like me, I only think about it when things are very rough. I say, I just wish the Lord will come right now and take me to heaven. But if things are going very smooth, I will almost say delay, delay, delay. Don't come yet. Don't come until. And when I run into a rough patch, I say, I just wish the Lord will come now. It shouldn't be that way. The believer is supposed to think about the fact that he has a glorious eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. And you see, after he told them, believe in God, believe also in me, he says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again and receive you to myself. And this were prescriptions that he gave for troubled hearts. So, friends, it's a good thing to ponder on the fact that the Lord Jesus is preparing a glorious place for us, regardless of your circumstance, whether it's good or bad. Heaven is a glorious place. Apostle John was speaking about it. In Revelations, and he ran out of words. Let's read together. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no sorrow, no crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said to me, write, write. Notice that. For these things are true and faithful. The Lord Jesus promised to take us to a glorious place after he's prepared it. A few things you need to remember about heaven. 
there will be freedom. Satan will not be there. And all that he has to offer. There will be freedom from tears. I was told that real men don't cry. They do. So there will be freedom from tears. There will be freedom from death. Freedom from aging. Uh, you know, remember when you were young? And all you could think about is that you were growing taller than the guy next to you. So you always come close by and say, I'm taller. And as you get older and older, at some point you realize that aging means aches. Aging means pain. Aging means things are breaking down. And you wish, you know, you could go back to being young. So in heaven, there will be no aging. It will be free from that. There will be no pain, no sun, no moon, no sin. That's a glorious thought, and that's something that is worth thinking about. Not only that. Life will be abundant, and we will be face to face with the Lord Jesus Christ. He will come to take us home. And you know, when the journey is tedious and difficult, if the road, if the road leads home, the pain and the difficulty in the journey becomes less and less because you are heading home. And so when we think about the fact that we will be with the Lord Jesus Christ forever, that should solve all heart trouble. You will be with the loved ones and you will be reunited. Now, let's read again together. You see, I, I love the fact that the Lord Jesus is speaking, and I love the fact that his words should speak to me as a person. That's why I make it a point to read the scriptures to emphasize it. Because even if I'm not expressing it well, his words are true. In my Father's house are many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. That's a promise. And receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. I look at the clock and it's telling me that I can only do two points. That's what the clock is saying. But how about we do the third one and then we can sing. I will leave the fourth one. It's all there. You know, I have all of them written. It's all there. So it's not that I'm not prepared. I'm prepared. And so... Because sometimes preachers don't have the fourth point. They said, yeah, no, but it's all there. It's all written. 27 slides. <laughs> point number three. This I love very much. The Lord Jesus will answer your prayer. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than this he will do because I go to my Father. Notice, he says, he who believes 
in me. That will include you. Not just the disciples. It will include me. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And see what he says. And whatever you ask in my name. Whatever you ask in my name. Notice what he says. I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. And then he repeats. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. The believer must pray. Because he can ask. I understand that sometimes we don't get exactly what we've asked. And so we begin to age our prayers. We look at the circumstance or the situation and then we wait and say, this one, it looks like it will happen. The other one looks like, mm, I don't want to embarrass God, so I won't ask that way. The Lord is never embarrassed if you ask. Our job is to ask. His job is to do. And so we get all sometimes worked up or frustrated that it didn't happen. So I want you to read there, whatever you ask in my name, I will do. So one of the best remedies for her trouble is prayer. A songwriter says, oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. And so we need to pray in faith. Pray in Christ's name. And to ask anything in Christ's name is to ask what Jesus will ask. You can't say, Lord, grant me the grace to steal. In Jesus' name. Jesus wouldn't ask that. To ask anything in Jesus' name would be to ask something that will bring glory to him. And to ask in his name also requires that you keep his commandments and you're obedient to his word. So we are commanded to pray and we are asked to pray. And the, in terms of what we can ask, the word there is anything or whatsoever. The big things, the small things, the benign things, the things that seem serious and the ones that don't seem very serious. The Lord wants us to commune with him. Tell him about the things that affect us. And so if you are a believer, notice, he who believes in me, you have to be a believer to ask for something in his name. I stepped into North America and I realized we have so many blessings, but we sometimes miss the most important blessing, that of leaning on the Lord. Yeah, I have this, I have that, I can do this, I can do that, I can do that. 
And so, because we haven't developed the culture of speaking to the Lord, communing with the Lord, when we run into tight spots, we don't know how to talk to the Lord because we haven't been communing. So I remember a while back, my sister called me from Nigeria and said, are you still praying? I was very annoyed with her, actually. What do you mean by are you still praying? Of course I'm still praying. But after I dropped the phone, then I asked myself the question, are you still praying for God to protect you as you go out of your house to work? Are you still praying for God to provide the food that you are eating? Are you still praying for God to give you a good attitude at work? Are you still, and I said, no, I'm not praying. I've taken so many things for granted and I've assumed that I can live life independent of the Lord. And so, the Lord Jesus wants us to ask. And my challenge to you is to ask. Ask whatever is bothering you, whatever is disturbing you, ask in his name. And he has promised to do it. In Philippians chapter 4 from verse 6 to 7, Apostle Paul writes this. He says, be anxious. We are back to hard trouble for nothing. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, we are back. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known. Made known. To who? God. Often we make our request known to everybody apart from God. And that's the person we are supposed to make our request known. And I believe there's always answer to your prayer. Notice. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Three points. That's where I'm going to stop. Because the next point has six or seven slides. So there's no point in rushing it. Truth for the journey. Trust in God. Think about heaven often. Pray often. They seem so simple, but they can grant you lots of peace as you are on the journey of life. So I'm going to pray, and then we are going to sing. I call this David Hansen's song, I Must Tell Jesus About All of My Troubles. So Mary, we'll pray, and then we'll sing. Let's pray. Thank you for your word. Help us, Lord, to lean on you, to look to you. We are believers. Help us to live like believers. We thank you for giving us this privilege to listen to your word. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.